Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostic industry. I'm your host, Omar Ford, and I'm the editor-in-chief of MDDI, an online publication powered by Informa. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're diving into liquid biopsy. Specifically, we're going to be talking with Gardent Health's co-founder and CEO, Helmi Eltuki. Garden Health has had a tremendous success story. Uh, it began as a startup and now it is a publicly traded company. And Helmi, uh, Helmi is, uh, he was named to Time Magazine's inaugural 50 Most Influential People in Healthcare in 2018 and Fortune's 40 Under 40 in 2017. So he has such a wealth of knowledge on the liquid biopsy space. So can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So without further ado, let's talk MedTech with Helmi Eltuki. Well, Helmi, thanks for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. Uh, I'm I'm so happy that you've come on today. And I know that we've spoken with one another over the years. Um, I was at different publications at the time, but it, but it's awesome to have you on this episode. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Sure, sure. I I want to launch right on in and talk about Garden Health. I, it's such an amazing story and rapid growth, too. I want to talk a bit about that growth and, and maybe take a step back and look at where you were um, in 2011 versus where you are now. Yeah, no, it's really been interesting. Uh, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary a few weeks ago uh, at the company. And we think about kind of what we set out to accomplish 10 years ago. Um, it was something that, you know, I think was was pretty ambitious, if not uh, audacious. And some people thought, you know, even kind of um, wildly, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a far reach in terms of where the space was. Um, what we set out to do was really revolutionize uh, the cancer field with the ability to essentially get information about any point in the cancer care continuum with a simple blood test. Um, and so it was really trying to revolutionize, really trying to get to that sort of uh, goal of a simple blood test at an annual physical for the early detection of cancer. And, you know, we set out to do it systematically where, you know, we would first develop tests for uh, advanced cancer patients, stage three, stage four patients, um, you know, help them get to the best therapies without the need for an invasive biopsy, um, and then help uh, cancer survivors and early stage cancer patients um, really have that sort of peace of mind um, that they truly are free and clear of the disease uh, once they have surgery or once they have adjuvant uh, chemotherapy. And then obviously, you know, use that as a stepping stone to early detection. And here we are now, 10 years later, we are the only company that has commercial products in all three of those uh, verticals in terms of, you know, late stage disease, cancer survivors, and now average risk individuals with uh, our shield test, which we just launched uh, a couple months ago, um, that uh, essentially enables early detection of colorectal cancer um, with a blood test. And I should also mention that uh, during that time, during that period, you all went from a, a private company to to a public company as well. Yeah, no, it was uh, really exciting. Uh, in 2018, I guess almost four years ago now, 
um, we went public and uh, was uh, was a very successful uh, run, uh, and it's uh, it's been a really uh, I think uh, both uh, important and you know critical milestone in the sense that um, we were able to you know gain access to the capital markets and um, gain even gain even more you know credibility in terms of you know partnerships and the overall ecosystem. Um, it really has accelerated. Um, what have we been able to do in this space uh, since we've uh, gone public uh, 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 back then? Yeah, of course, of course. I was just going to mention that too. Um, it, it's validation in a sense. I mean, I, I know we have the data for uh, for the test, but but going public and being in that atmosphere, it, it it's it puts a different shine on the company. Yeah, it does, and you know, I think you know this. This type of work is not for the faint of heart. I mean, yeah. I think to put in perspective, we've raised, I think, uh, almost $2 billion in the public markets uh, since we've gone uh, public. And so, um, you know, that's it's that kind of firepower that's needed to really solve this longstanding uh, challenge that, um, you know, uh, continues to plague humanity in terms of cancer. Well, let's talk about some of the most recent news. I understand that the company uh, recently won FDA approval for the Guardian 360 CDX as a companion diagnostic. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that and, 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 and just get some more background. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's important. So, you know, our, our flagship product continues to be Garden 360 CDX. Uh, that was a product we first launched in 2014. It was the first sort of liquid biopsy based on uh, based on sequencing. Um, you know, really in, in the world that was you know clinically based. So there, there was the field of liquid biopsies existed for many decades. Ever since you know scientists in the you know 70s and 80s and 90s saw that. Uh, cancers shed DNA into the blood. There's been, uh, you know, company. There's been, um, you know, researchers dreaming of the possibilities of being able to gain access to um, really the disease without needing a biopsy. And um, and you know, but there'd been many sort of uh, failed attempts to actually commercialize that. And so, 2014 marked, you know, I think a big turning point, big milestone for the field with the launch of 360. And uh, and that's a test that you know uh, if you if let's just let's just take lung cancer in terms of yeah. what that test was able to do. Um, in lung cancer, the average biopsy costs about fourteen thousand dollars, has a nineteen percent complication rate, um, and so a lot of patients aren't being matched to the um, most uh, you know critical and most life saving drugs because of the fact that you know these biopsies are so invasive and so difficult to perform. Um, and so that's really where being able to replace that with a simple blood draw, taking a couple teaspoons of blood from the individual, has been so revolutionary. And in uh, 2020, we received uh, the first FDA approval uh, in the field. So Garden 360 CDX, as it uh, became known, um, was the first uh, FDA-approved liquid biopsy uh, based on sequencing. And since then, we've uh, won a number of uh, FDA approvals um, for a number of drugs. And this is just the latest in a long string of approvals. Um, this one is for uh, essentially uh, HER2 um, mutated lung cancer. And uh, there are many genes that are critical that 
get uh, mutated and altered, um, you know, in, in a specific cancer. And um, the nice thing about what's known as targeted therapies is that um, if, if you know what those mutations are, there are some pretty powerful drugs with extremely high response rates, um, you know, anywhere from 60, 70, 80 percent response rates, which is extraordinarily high. And these um, these drugs have a very um, long um, sort of uh, durability as well. They're often oral, so they're easy to take, just a simple pill, no IVs, no infusions. Um, so this has really revolutionized the, the field. And and uh, now with this uh, approval, this is yet another critical option for cancer patients that have uh, essentially what are known as HER-T mutations in their disease. And so they can get tested with a blood test with Garden360 and find out that, you know, if their cancer is uh, HER2 mutated, that they could be, uh, you know, viable candidates for uh, this powerful new drug um, from uh, Daiichi and AstraZeneca. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, just about um, the Garden 360 CDX for for a minute. Um, when this was first conceptualized, uh, did you ever think that it would be a companion diagnostic to so many different um pharmaceutical options or you would have so many different partnerships and I want to go back to the very beginning did you ever really did you ever imagine that um I, it might have been the hope uh, but but could you conceptualize that from the beginning yeah there there's there certain things you know I mean you, you wouldn't start the company unless you, yeah. know, you thought you could you know potentially get there but yeah. it's one of those things when you actually you know do succeed and you you finally get to that point that you imagined you would. You know, obviously the path, you know, is very different than you imagined. The, you know, the the scale, you know, the impact is is very different. You you kind of you're you still feel I would say at least I feel very blessed to be where we are to be impacting so many patients. I mean, we estimate that something like you know twenty percent of all cancer patients in the U.S. Is getting one of, are getting one of our products right now, yeah. so we're we're impacting a large swath um, <clears throat> of the field, and 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 even more so on lung cancer. Uh, probably a larger percentage of lung cancer patients are getting Garden 360 tests. But to your point, um, you know, we we always envision this kind of you know concept where when we start in the field, there's this idea of companion diagnostics. Um, and then sort of the, the therapeutics that they're they're matched with. Um, but it became very clear as, you know, the landscape continued to evolve, as it became more complex, that this sort of one-by-one one nature, you know, a physician would have to guess, okay, let me run this test in hopes that drug A, you know, would be a match. And if that didn't work, okay, let me run, you know, test number two to hope that, you know, drug B would be a match. And and so we, you know, we always thought that the field would flip where it would sort of be, a, you know, a comprehensive test uh, matched with what we call companion therapeutics. And so sort of flipping the script. And, you know, lo and behold, here we are 10 years later, and that's kind of happened. We have, you know, now a good number of patients, probably at least 50% of lung cancer patients, getting tested with these comprehensive panels, whether in tissue or liquid, and being matched with a variety of, you know, these sort of quote unquote companion 
therapeutics. Um, just to put it in perspective, we now work with over 130 pharmaceutical companies on their programs. And so it's um, it's something that's become, you know, I think a, um, a critical component of pharmaceutical research. I want to switch gears and talk about Guarded Reveal. And could you speak about how that's making a difference and also talk about uh, the fact it recently won Medicare coverage? That's huge. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is that this second vertical that you know, we've recently launched, uh, you know, tests for and tools for. And so um, to put it in perspective, there are about a million late stage patients, stage three, stage four patients in the U.S., but there are about 15 million cancer survivors. And the big challenge with the, the sort of cancer, you know, survivor population is that these are, you know, often stage one to early stage three patients. They have surgery, they're quote-unquote cured, you know, the, the physician tells them your margins are clear, it looks like we got it all, they do a scan and then they're negative. And then there's not much follow-up for those patients. I mean, maybe they can do an ad hoc kind of scan here or there, but it's often symptomatic in terms of the checkup. You know, they're, they go to an annual, you know, physical or annual checkup and the physician asks them, how do you feel? And so there's a lot of fear embedded in that so in that uh, post surgical resection kind of period you know back pain or you know any aches that they have you know any swelling you know they 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 worry is you know potentially their cancer coming back and so there really hasn't been a very precise and quantitative way of detecting recurrence or detecting what's known as residual disease in these individuals and that's really where garden reveal can play a a big picture it's the only test that's out there, the only liquid biopsy, that doesn't require tissue. And so with a simple blood test after surgery, um, physician can order it. And, um, you know, it has nearly, um, you know, perfect uh, specificity. So if we detect something, um, that patient, unfortunately, um, does, does have, you know, likely have cancer with a 98%, you know, almost hundred percent chance. And, and the good news is something can be done, you know, about it potentially the physicians can, you know, think about, you know, doing scans and kind of following up and maybe cutting, you know, something out. And we've had a number of, you know, really amazing stories where Garden Reveal, since it's been launched, has detected recurrence, you know, really early, a PET, you know, CT scan has, you know, picked it up. They're able to ablate it or cut it out, and um, and they're free and clear again. And so it really is an early warning um, kind of signal um, a tool for physicians that really didn't exist before. And now the test, um, uh, you know, has been launched for colorectal, breast, and lung cancers, and that's about you know six million out of the fifteen million um, you know cancer survivors that are out there. So it's a important new tool in the fight against cancer. Um, and yeah, obviously winning Medicare uh, approval for uh, the col colorectal indication was a big, big milestone. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm coming to, to, to find that uh, winning reimbursement, it, it, it's the new FDA approval or it's the new FDA clearance, you know, like orange is the new black or, or, what's, or whatnot, you know, Medicare uh, coverage is the new FDA approval. I'm finding that metaphor to be uh, accurate. Yeah, it's it's been the longstanding challenge and continues to be, especially in the diagnostics field where oh, yes. you yes. can potentially launch a test, 
you know, you can get a CLIA approval, you can get even get an FDA approval, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's going to get reimbursed by <laughs> by any means. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And I've spoken with many companies that have uh, talked about that as well. Um, I want to take us back now to the beginning of 2020 and uh, talk about the early days of the pandemic. Um, in 2020, I mean, it, it it feels like it was just, it feels like 2020 has just been one long year. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my timing might be off just a bit, so forgive me if it is. But I remember Garden um, getting involved with COVID testing. And um, I, I'm wondering if you all are still doing that or if there was a need, would you go back to it and talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously that was a, you know, a pretty, um, you know, I think um, it was a was a unique time for everyone. You know, obviously it was a global pandemic and as a healthcare company, you know, as, you know, uh, individuals that are invested in our communities and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do good um, with, you know, the work that we're doing, we felt it was our civic responsibility to essentially help with the shortfall that existed at that time. If you remember, there wasn't enough testing um, to go around in terms of really um, staying ahead of the disease. And, so we felt like, you know, we had to throw our hat into the ring. I mean, if not, then, you know, when um, would, would you know, essentially, you know, companies, you know, pitch in. And so we developed the test we call Garden 19. It was a test that was um, much more sensitive than, you know, there's the standard COVID tests that are out there it was based on sequencing. So it was something like, you know, I think, you know, maybe 500 times more sensitive than a lot of the PCR tests that were out there. So it was pretty powerful as an early warning, you know, sign. And uh, we launched it and um, we really did it in a way that uh, really tried to protect the sort of um, underserved communities. Um, and so we you know, had a partnership with Delaware State University, a number of uh, historically black, you know, colleges and universities that at the time, um, if they couldn't get their students back the kind of next year, they might have gone out of business because, you know, a lot of their endowments weren't, you know, very large, they didn't have a lot of donations. And so we actually donated a bunch of testing. Uh, we did a lot of testing at cost. And um, it was a really great partnership. We worked with, you know, Tony Allen, uh, the president of the university there. And, um, and um, you know, and, and we were able to get their students back. We tested them, you know, twice a week. We did the same thing in the California communities, a lot of migrant farm workers and so on that, you know, we helped get back. We heard horror stories of, you know, patients getting tested and results coming back, you know, two or three weeks later with, you know, the tests that they were using. And we were able to provide a test where results would come back in 24 hours. And, uh, and we got so many thank you notes of, you know, lives that we potentially saved and, you know, families that we, you know, helped. and. Um, so it was something that was uh, really meaningful to our employees, and you know we just felt very grateful that you know we could help out um, you know in a small way in terms of uh, this this global kind of pandemic that we all faced, and you know it was something that we never intended to 
kind of stay and we wanted to get out of it as soon as you know yeah. the, the pandemic was it was resolved and as soon yeah. as we saw that you know there was you know enough testing out there to go around and the systems were kind of back up um we uh we sort of dismantled that program and got back to our uh, primary uh, business which is uh you know obviously trying to trying to uh, help cancer patients Yes. Uh, and, and you know, I remember covering uh, some of those stories and I remember there was a, there was always the, the impetus or the focus saying, hey, we, we're not out of of, you know, cancer, early cancer detection or cancer detection. We're not out of that space or that realm. And I think it was important that you use that messaging back then because COVID was just um, it was just all inclusive. You know, it was everything. Everyone was stopping what they were doing. Uh, you know, we had uh, automobile companies developing ventilators, uh, you know, for patients. So I, I, the message that you all were sending back then was, hey, we're doing this, but we're also, uh, you know, still doing our work in, with liquid biopsy and early cancer detection and cancer detection. Still, going oh, to that was just so important. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we if anything, we in some parts of our business we went even faster in in, in some areas. So we, um, you know, we knew that you know you look back at you know human history as bad as it was, you know, we knew that you know we would get through it and life would go on and cancer would still exist. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was was something that we knew we we shouldn't take our eyes off the ball. Sure, sure. Well, I uh, want to finally ask you, where do you see Garden five years from now? Um, the company has changed tremendously over the last 10 years, but give us a look into the future. What can we expect or, or what are you hoping for? What can you tease? <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of what we've been building is sort of the foundation of testing. Um, you know, we had this view, you know, why we thought liquid biopsy was so powerful was not just, you know, what it enabled, which is which is pretty miraculous. You know, this idea of really uh, staying ahead of, you know, cancer, you know, even at the earliest stages with a simple blood draw, you know, that is that is really exciting. But, you know, it's the data that comes out of that. It's what you can do with that when you have that foundation. And if you think about any field, um, the progress um, that can be uh, had is essentially correlated to how much data is being acquired and how fast that data is being acquired. So we look at, you know, the Internet or, you know, semiconductors or, or so on. There's a sort of snowball effect. You know, the more you do of it, um, the faster, you know, things progress. Um, and that's what we realized liquid biopsies could uh, enable. If you think about how slow the cancer field was moving, it was moving slow because the only way we got information about cancer was th through surgery, through biopsies. And if every time you ask a question, the only way to answer it is to perform a surgery, you know, it's, it's going to be a very slow process. Yes. But if you can speed up that data acquisition rate by a factor of 10, by a factor of 100, because it's a simple blood draw, anytime you want to see what's going on with the disease, observe it. Um, that's actually exponential gains. And so we see essentially this, you know, layer of blood testing from, you know, stage one, you know, from asymptomatic individuals, 120, 130 million Americans having annual testing, 
you know, all the way through the course of the disease and through its clearance, uh, we see that layer as powering a revolution in terms of therapeutics, in terms of interventions, um, you know, AI, you know, kind of, you know, fueling that as well. Um, and so we see essentially within 10 years, a 25% reduction in mortality from cancer. Um, and we think a large part of it um, will be powered by our uh, ecosystem of tests, as well as the therapeutics that will be enabled because of these tests. Looking forward to seeing what the future holds for Guardit. Well, Helmi, thanks for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. It's always a pleasure talking to you, to speaking with you. Likewise, yeah, thank you. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. Thanks again to our guest, Helmi El Tuki, co-founder and CEO of Guardant Health. You can find out more information about the company by going to guardanthealth.com and visit us at mddionline.com for all of your medtech news. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.